Hello, 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 and welcome to the Greater Is In Me podcast, where each episode is intended to inform, inspire, and influence listeners to fulfill the greatness that exists within. I am your host, P. Sloan Joseph. This podcast is all about my reflections and revelations as a wife, mother, and educator. During our time together, I hope you will learn something from my stories and laugh a little along the way. Stay tuned for today's message. Welcome to episode 25 entitled Good Intentions. Each episode, I try to connect my topic to my life as a wife, a mother, and as an educator. So this week, I'm going to start off with the definition for empower and enable before I make those connections. The word empower is defined as to give someone the authority or power to do something, make someone stronger and more confident, especially in controlling their life and claiming their rights. Enable is defined as give someone or something the authority or means to do something. But as I talk about the word enable, I'm talking about the definition that means to always fix, solve, or make the consequences go away. My son Jeffrey is in the fourth grade. He's pretty well-rounded, which means he enjoys what I like to call doing all the things. I'm recording this on a Saturday, so I'm going to take you back to last Sunday. We traveled to Charlotte, which is about an hour and a half for his AAU basketball game. We got there. We were told that we were going to play at 12 and 2. The next thing we know, we're playing at 1 and 2. The next thing we know, we're playing at 1 and 3. Luckily, my in-laws were able to drive, well, ride up there with me. My sister and my niece that live in Charlotte came to support. Um, Mark has been sick all week, so he was unable to go at that time. So I had that support system. So we start Sunday with a day trip to Charlotte and back. What I also knew is that we had to study for a fractions test that was going to take place on Tuesday. So Jeffrey worked on that, kind of going and coming back from Charlotte. But Monday night, we get up, we go to work, go to school, practice for the fraction test when we get home. We stayed up a little late doing that, but it all paid off because he ended up making 100. All right. Then Tuesday night, now we're studying for the road to the Revolutionary War. Wednesday night, we start the first draft of the yearbook application because he's decided that he is a great writer. He's a great photographer. I love all of those things. So he wants to be a member of the yearbook uh, committee or the yearbook club. And he has already been a part of the news show. So he's in this whole journalistic state of mind. I don't want to kill that. Um, I want him to be an athlete, academics, do some social things on the side, extracurricular. Let's do it. But he has to answer five questions on this application, the who, what, when, where, and why. So we start the first draft Wednesday night. Thursday night, we go into the final draft of the yearbook application, which is due on Friday. And we also have to review for the spelling test. Did I mention that I work full time at a school? Okay. Now, I just want to say that. I may say that again. Bear with me. All right. So let's also keep in mind that my husband, Mark, who normally helps out, you know, we are a good team together. 
So I normally don't have to do all the things by myself. He steps in and he helps out, whatever. But he wasn't feeling well this week. So let me just go ahead and say, I want to give a big shout out to two groups of people. Number one, folks that have multiple children, because I only have one. I'm a part of the one child ministry. Those of you that are a part of the multiple child ministry, God bless you. Keep going. You're in my thoughts and prayers. Uh, Number two, single parents and guardians who don't have a spouse or a partner that's helping them on a regular basis, whether they have one child or multiple children. I just want to just stop and tell you how much I appreciate what you do all the time. And I hope that educators that are listening to this will also just think about those two groups of people. All right. Anyway, so Jeffrey has now created a schedule for us. And I'm just going to tell y'all the truth. I was very irritated because these are the things that crossed my mind as I realized what my week was going to look like. I work at a school. I help kids all day long. So I've already helped a bunch of kids. And now I got to come home and help my own. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I I don't want to read, type, or write anything else. I'm all tapped out. Did I say those things? No, I didn't say those things. What did I do? I reviewed for fractions. That's what I did. I reviewed for this fractions test. What else did I do? I uh, learned about the Stamp Act. I learned, uh, I got a refresher on the Boston Tea Party. I learned the difference. You know, if I didn't know, I mean, I do know, but I know how you spell protect and protection, instruct and instruction, you know, all of these things. That's what I did this week. And then it got me to thinking, like, when was the last time that I talked to my friends about the Stamp Act? Let's go even further. When was the last time that I used a stamp? When was the last time you were at happy hour or sitting talking to folks after church or your club or organization playing golf and someone got into a debate about the Boston Tea Party? Tell me, I'll wait. I don't know when the last time, the people I hang out with are pretty educated. They're good people, but I can't remember the last time that we had a debate or a discussion about the Stamp Act and the Boston Tea Party. Never mind. Let's just get back to what I was talking about. So anyway, so by Thursday, um, I after we'd gone through all these things, I'm going to be honest with you. I just wanted to go ahead and write the application. I wanted to do the application for him. He's not going to college or anything like this. It's a yearbook crew. I can do this. I'll answer the who, what, when, where, and why. You just copy it in your own handwriting. I got you. But you know what that would have done? Those are good intentions. But that's really enabling. That's taking the power for him from him. It's fixing the situation. There's no reward, no consequence. I'm teaching him to be dishonest. So what did I do? I sat there like his personal assistant and I asked him each question and we worked through it. And if he didn't answer the question, like the answer that he gave didn't quite fit the question, I asked him some more specific things and kind of, you know, just was helping him get his thoughts together about what is it that you're trying to say? Because I want these to be your thoughts. And I, and then I ended up Wednesday night being his editor for the first draft. And then 
you know, I sat there and I supported him while he wrote out the last draft on Thursday night. Because ultimately, I want him to be confident and competent. And that's not going to happen if I do it for him. So that goes back to that definition of empower. I want to empower him to be confident in what he's doing. When I don't empower him, when I enable him, I'm taking that confidence and that power away from him. And that's not what I want to do. So let's move on to good intentions at my job this week. I am in, I am the instructional technology coach at a middle school and we are one-to-one, which means for those of you that are not in education, one-to-one means that each child has their own device and they have a charger and they take the device home every day and they charge it at home and they bring it back. And our school does Chromebooks, but some people have like laptops, some people have like iPads, whatever. So when I visit um, classroom, one of my jobs is that I visit classrooms and depending on what the children are doing, I, you know, if everybody, I walk in a room and everybody's on a Chromebook, I, it, the kid that doesn't have a Chromebook kind of stands out. So I noticed that this one student doesn't have a Chromebook and, you know, we have a process for if the Chromebooks break, how they have to, you know, turn in a repair form signed by their parents, they turn it in, they get a new one. Um... So, because we want to make sure they have what they need every day. So I went into this one classroom and this young man, he didn't have his Chromebook out like the rest of the kids. Now, what he did have in that classroom was a girlfriend who kept mouthing to him, I love you. I love you. She was sitting, sitting a couple of desks over and she kept mouthing to him, I love you. I guess she didn't see me because I was sitting like right behind him. So if somebody walked in the room, they might have thought, is she talking to Miss Joseph? Is she telling Miss Joseph that she loves her? Oh, no, she's talking to the guy that's sitting in front of Miss Joseph. But see, middle school love makes you blind and crazy. And so she didn't even see me. Or maybe she just didn't even care. But as she kept saying, I love you, like mouthing it to him, I wanted to say, no, no, you don't. You don't love him. You... If you loved him, you would remind him to have his Chromebook. You would actually encourage him to use it. I just really want to tell that young lady, girl, let me tell you something. I don't know where this relationship is headed, but if if he doesn't care about his Chromebook and he can't keep up with a Chromebook, then he doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about a baby. He doesn't care about helping you pay bills if this relationship goes somewhere. Because, you know, in middle school, they think they're going to get married and have kids and and have a house and all kinds of stuff. And in some places, that actually happens. Most times, it does not. But I didn't say that. Again, there's a lot of things that go on in my head. But I don't say everything that goes in my head because that's not right. It's not professional. And it's not nice. And so all I did was I wrote my notes. And I reminded myself to talk to the the, the young man later. So before I spoke to him, I looked up his grades. Of course, he is failing everything. Like he has an F in basically all of his classes. He has D's and F's in all of his classes. And, you know, I did six years at the high school level. He's in the eighth grade. And so he's at a crossroad right now. And I decided that I would take this moment, even though it was about the Chromebook, to talk to him about his grades. So I talked to him about his grades, his goals, how his grades and his behavior at school are impacting his family, how it's going to impact his future. And I, um, as I was looking over his grades, I could have assumed that this young man was very immature and irresponsible 
and that he needed me to get the form and fill it out and call his parents. And t- but I didn't do all of that because I know as an eighth grader, because he's at a crossroad, I needed to decide in that moment, what kind, what am I going to do with my good intentions? And am I going to enable or in- empower? So I decided that he needed to be empowered, that he needed the confidence to do what he needed to, needed to do to get this Chromebook fixed so he can then do his work. So he needed to be held accountable as well. So when I, I, when I got him, I pulled him out of class and I talked to him and I told him, I said, do you know where to get, you know, what, what's going on with your Chromebook? It's broken. Okay. Do you know the process? Yes, ma'am. So you just haven't done it. No, ma'am. Okay. All right. Well, do you know where to get the form? Yes, ma'am. Go get it. Bring it back. We talked talked about why it was important that he have it, all of those great things. And I told him, I said, I'm going to check on it tomorrow morning. And then I'm going to come get you if you didn't turn it in. Well, he turns it in because there's a fine line there. I could have done it for him, but I didn't. So the next day he knew he was going to be held accountable as well as me making him responsible for it. So I go to pull him out of class and he says, as he's walking towards me, he's like, I turned it in. I turned it in. And I said, I know, but I just wanted to come to you face to face. We had a face to face conversation yesterday and I wanted to talk to you and say, thank you for being responsible. Thank you for, you know, um, turning it in and getting a new one. Now I need you to use it to get your work done. And I told him I'm going to check on him in the next couple of days. Um, In both of these situations, there's a process. And the thing is, is that we have to allow people to go through the process because that's how we grow. When we enable people, we're, we're stifling their growth. When we try to fix it, when we try to like not give them any consequences, we think we're helping, but we're not. We're taking the power from them. We're taking the growing process from them. We're not allowing them to go through the process, which will then help them to feel more confident and more confident. And isn't that what we as parents and as educators are trying to do with our children? I think that's ultimately what a lot of us are trying to do is to make sure that they leave us and they're more confident and competent. So we've got to think about the good intentions. Are they creating a barrier from, for someone to go from good to great? And do we have the right to take that from them? And if we are enabling, we've got to get to the root of why are we doing that? Like, why are we cleaning their room? And why are we doing their homework and their projects? Why are we filling out the application? Why are we not giving them consequences? If we can get to the root of why we do that, then maybe we can move forward in a process of of stopping to do that because it impacts us, but it also impacts the person that we are trying to fix it and do it for them. But we got to allow our students and our children to go through that process. So again, empower, give someone the authority and the power to do something, to make someone stronger and more confident, especially in controlling their life and claiming their rights. So, you know, that's our key term for today. For those of you that are educators, that's our vocabulary word. Um, and maybe, you know, I'll assign us a closing activity because, you know, we love, I'm a, I'm a classroom observer, so we love a classroom, at how we're going to wrap it up at the end. The wrap up or the closing activity today is how can we find ways to make those around us feel stronger 
and more confident? How can we empower them to take control of their life and claim their rights? That's what we've got to learn how to do. We've got to figure out how we can do that. And we also got to figure out why we don't do that. Thank you for listening. Until next time, show yourself some love. Remember to take time each day to reflect and reaffirm yourself by saying, greater is in me.